0: We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts.
1: You heard her. Go subscribe.
0: Hello, and welcome to Uncorking a Story. I'm your host, Mike Carlin. And today, I'm going to share with you some thoughts I have on the joy that comes from service. I was reminded of this by Matthew, a young man from Brooklyn who I interviewed this past week. And throughout the COVID-19 pandemic, he's been volunteering to deliver meals to homebound senior citizens in his community. He reflected not just on the happiness it brought the people he was delivering food to, but the joy it brought him as well. Here's what Matthew has to say about these experiences.
1: My local, uh, synagogue and my, my rabbi, we, we talk a lot, um, about, you know, helping out seniors. So, um, you know, I, they were, they asked me to volunteer and, and I was happy to do so. So every week on Thursdays, we would, um, pack bags of goods for, for the elderly up to about 250. So we would put, you know, potatoes and canned goods and, um, you know, uh, oil and all these things. And even for Hanukkah, we gave, you know, menorahs and things like that. And we would go around to to a list of seniors that we have and we would deliver them, um, hand to hand. Uh, I would park, you know, double park and at hydrants and go upstairs and bring, bring them the care packages. And I mean, they were so happy and so appreciative and they were really, you know, a lot of older people, people that can't really get out of the house, people that, uh, if they do get out of the house have a really high risk of, of, you know, Getting sick, let's say, and we don't want that. So we definitely try to help out and do whatever we can. And I did that for a good I don't know, maybe like eight weeks, maybe even more, uh, probably more actually, like closer to 12 weeks. And I would, uh, I would deliver that and I would feel really good inside, <clears throat> excuse me, I would feel really good inside by, um, doing those things. And, uh, it made me feel more connected to, to, to my community and also made me feel really, uh, support, you know, that I'm supporting, um, elderly people that have no, a lot of times have no help. Sometimes they do have families, but a lot of times they're by themselves and, um, we were happy to help them out during this tough time.
0: Now, to quote Linus from A Charlie Brown Christmas, Matthew and I are separated by denominational differences, but what we have in common is our shared sense of the importance of community and serving others within that community. And of course, I have a quick story to share here. Growing up, we nicknamed my mother the church lady because of how involved she was with our parish.
1: Well, isn't that
0: special? (laughs) Now, my mom, whose name is Arlene, Went to daily mass. She was a member of the Women's Guild. She was a lector and she sang in the choir. And she was pretty much always at St. Gabriel's. My father actually joked that they should pay her for all the time she spent there. And what did she do? She went ahead and she got a part-time job working at the rectory. So, you know, you have a picture of my head. My mother is like super Catholic. She actually would have the nuns over our house for dinner regularly. And I don't know if you know this, but, but it doesn't do much for your social standing in fourth grade when Sister Dorothy announces to the class that she had a lovely time at your house last weekend. Now, if you think all nuns are boring, you really have to rethink that. One of my mother's dearest friends was a woman named Sister Campbell. And whenever she came over, it was my job to make sure that we had seven up in the house. Now, I thought she was really just into the Uncola, but it turns out she used it to cut her Canadian club. She was also a huge Rangers fan, which probably explains the whiskey. You know, something has to numb our disappointment. Anyway, one day my mother informs me that she got me a job mowing an old man's lawn. And that guy's name, and I kid you not, was Larry Lasagna. And I'm sure it was actually pronounced Lasagna, you know, with a hard G. But since this is my story, and since it was spelled Lasagna, I called him Larry Lasagna. It's actually a great small-time gangster name. If they ever make a Johnny Dangerously Part 2... Larry Lasagna has to be a character.
1: Happy birthday, Mom. Oh,
0: bless the saints, it's an oh, I've been thinking of taking up smoking. This clinches it. Oh my, I, I, I love that movie. My friend Nick hates that movie. He has no idea why I love it so much. But man, Johnny Dangerously, one of the funniest movies out there. Anyway, once a week, I go to Larry Lasagna's house to cut his lawn and trim his hedges. But it was a very small yard and I was actually done pretty quickly. The thing is, I wasn't driving yet. I was I was young. I was in middle school and I always had to wait for my mom to come back. And she was you know, likely doing something at the church. I quickly learned, though, that he was lonely and he actually appreciated having someone to talk to. So I'd spent some time just sitting in his kitchen and talking to this old man. It was kind of nice, though. You know, it was it was also nice that he paid me. But I could tell he appreciated the conversation actually more so than he needed his yard done. It actually made me question his motives a little bit. I had the same experience volunteering in a nursing home, uh, you know, when I was in high school. And when I was there, I learned two things. Number one, that I never wanted to put anybody I loved in a nursing home. And number two, that old people have some great stories to share. So eventually, I leave middle school and I get into high school. And that's where the the Carlin twins' reputation for being nun lovers and overly willing volunteers followed us, (laughs) followed us to Stanford Catholic High School which is where I met Ernie Borsier, otherwise known as Mr. B. Now, Mr. B was our French teacher, but, you know, he was always looking for a volunteer. And he had me and my brother Jimmy working health fairs, helping out at blood drives, and doing fundraisers quicker than you can say, Bonjour, Monsieur Thibault. Voilà, Monsieur Thibault. Voilà, Madame Thibault. Bonjour, Monsieur. Bonjour, Mademoiselle. No apologies for the quality of that sound clip, but I have to tell you, it is quite challenging finding a very obscure, obstructional French video or French audio track that you were played in 1988. Uh, here's the thing: <laughs> while there were times that I didn't look forward to doing things like spending a Saturday lugging crates of grapefruits with my French teacher, I always felt energy when doing these things. I felt exhilarated and I laughed a lot while doing these things. I felt like I was always on, you know, kind of like how you feel when you have a, a good buzz after exercise or, or maybe a couple of cocktails. And this kind of energy stayed with me. These days, I volunteer at my parish and it's kind of funny how life comes full circle. I'm involved in in my parish, St. Leo's, like my mother was at St. Gabriel's, except that I'm not a member of the Women's Guild. And I don't sing in the choir because, let's face it, nobody wants me singing in any choir, especially Denise Esposito, who runs the music program at St. Leo's. And my mother and others like Mr. B instilled in me a joy of service that I was reminded about this week when speaking with Matthew from Brooklyn. And so my unsolicited advice today is if you're feeling down and unfulfilled, try and find some way to serve others in some capacity. It won't just make another person's day a little brighter, but your own as well. So I want to thank you for listening. A new episode will be up this coming Sunday. That's, that's the pace we're going to put these at, Wednesdays and Sundays. And one thing I want to remind you during the holiday season is that books make great gifts. So find out more where you can purchase some of my books at uncorkingastory.com. Thanks for listening.
1: You shouldn't hang me on a hook. My father hung me on a hook once,
0: (laughs) once.